How's it going? Hope you're going well. Today I'm going to talk about a book that I read recently that I learned so much from and just had to share what I learned because it was so fascinating. So here it is. It is called The Dorito Effect and it is by Mark Schatzker and it is great. There's so many things that I want to talk about this book. I've been meaning to read this for like literally months ever since I heard about it on a podcast over at Stuff You Should Know. The author, Mark Schatzker, is a journalist. There is his face. <laughs> He's a food journalist and he wrote a book talking about food and flavor and why we eat what we eat and why we overeat what we eat. So the book mainly talks about like food and the food industry in the United States, but that is very similar to where I am here in Canada and possibly to where you are. So first to explain the title, when you eat a Dorito, you can't just eat one Dorito. You have to reach into that bowl and have at least another one, have at least two. And this book talks about why. So originally Doritos were just like tortilla chips. They had no added flavorings until one day that all changed when some guy got the brilliant idea that you could make food that tasted like other food but wasn't other food and this was a revolutionary concept that you could make a potato chip that tasted like chicken or salad dressing you get the idea and ever since then our food has just been pumped and experimented on and like thrust with flavor <laughs> ever since then our food has been pumped with flavor more and more more and more different kinds of varieties until we have come to the present day. One thing that Mark Schatzker talks about is chicken. So I don't know about you, but if you've had a chicken recently, I haven't had one too recently, but if you've had one recently, you've probably added a lot of flavor to it, a lot of salt, a lot of pepper, a lot of herbs, a lot of spices, a lot of butter, a lot of whatever else. Um, and that is because chicken today is bland. That's just how it is. It tastes like uh, football. Maybe not that much, but it is so much blander than it used to be because chickens in the past, and by past I mean like 1950s, like 1930s, 1950s, it used to be allowed to roam free in the pasture for like a certain amount of time so that it could, you know, get its food by like plucking through the pasture and eating worms and like grubs and stuff like that. The thing about chicken is it tastes like what the chicken eats. So if a chicken has a lot of time to like go out and eat a bunch of wild things, it'll taste a lot better than a chicken that is just given feed that is pumped with flavor so that the chicken will eat more of the feed. That is why chicken these days is so bland and chefs have to add like sunflower oil and Nutella and like sprinkles to it. Like they have to like totally change chicken because it does not taste good. And the reason chicken does not taste good nowadays is because it is grown so quickly. Like the chickens of the past were like at least a hundred days old and the more mature a chicken is the better it tastes scientists are not sure why that's just the case that rhymes chicken nowadays is like an oversized baby in the book it says that if a human being were grown at the same rate that a chicken is grown then a two-month-old a two-month-old infant child like of a human would be 660 pounds which that's just mind-blowing to me. A two-month-old, that's ridiculous. Chickens are grown so quickly, we're basically eating oversized babies. And that is why they don't taste good. Additionally, because of the eat and because of how young they are. Another thing the book talks about is fruits and vegetables. Ah, uh, fruits and vegetables, how I love you so. Basically, there was a study done 
that compared fruit and vegetables of the 1930s with fruit and vegetables of the 1980s. And the study found that the fruit of the 1980s had a lot more water and a lot fewer nutrients. So the fruit in the 1930s was full of more vitamins and it tasted better. And the reason that fruits and vegetables are also, like chickens, losing their flavor is because of selective breeding. As farmers like strive to make their living and live their day-to-day -day lives, of course farmers need to do that, they have to, they select the best of the crop and then they plant more of the best of the crop. So they select like the juiciest grape, for example, the one that looks the best, and they plant more of that kind of grape. The problem with this is that it leads to a lot fewer nutrients in the grape because of its lack of diversity. So that is why fruits and vegetables too, sadly, are losing their flavor. At least we get more water, right? <laughs> uh, no. One fruit in particular that um, the book talks about is tomatoes. So I don't know if, about you, but if you've had, but if you're feeling 22, no, I don't know about you, but if you've recently had a tomato, I mean, those things are just not good. Like The reason for that is because tomatoes are often picked unripe. So they're picked when they're like hard as baseballs and then they're put into a room and with gas, they are made to ripen. And that leads for some not very pleasant tasting tomatoes. Tomatoes of the past um, used to actually have green stripes because those green stripes were like full of chemicals that made the tomatoes taste better. But grocery consumers like you and me preferred the red tomatoes because they just looked so good, don't they? Like a red tomato, just like my shirt. Not that that has anything to do with it. Because the consumers favored these wholesome, completely red tomatoes, farmers started, again, making more of these tomatoes. Plants like fruits and vegetables have these things called secondary compounds, um, which I also learned from this book. Basically, secondary compounds are super nutritious, great for you. And they are also the reason that you can't really like binge eat fruit the same way you can binge eat like potato chips, for example. Because like if you start eating a bunch of blueberries, for example, I love blueberries, that's why I keep talking about them. If you eat a bunch of blueberries, then eventually your brain will be like, okay, I've had enough secondary compounds and your hungry pangs will shut off. So you'll be hungry, but then your brain will be like, okay, I've got the nutrients and then it'll shut off. Potato chips don't really have those secondary compounds. So you just keep eating and eating because you are not nutritious. You're not nutritionally satisfied. You're like, I need more nutrition, but I'm not getting it. So I should eat more. That's what that does. Not to mention that sugar, salt, and fat taste pretty darn delicious. So who cannot resist a sour cream and onion Pringle? I mean, I cannot. Another thing that I learned is that there are smell receptors in your mouth, like, and that's like pretty unique to humans in terms of the entire animal population. Um, we have like smell receptors in our mouths, which are a huge part of the tasting experience unlike other animals which for instance are more focused on like finding the scent of a prey. We have scent glands inside our mouths so that we can enjoy food because for humans it's all about calories and getting that those energy needs. Getting those carbs in. So the book talks about how natural flavor if it's listed as an ingredient is still added flavor. It's just same added flavor derived in a completely different way. And you should try to avoid those because all these flavorings, like all these flavorings are the reason you eat more because you think that you're getting 
some kind of nutrient when you actually are not. So the fact that we're not getting as much nutrition from our food is the reason we eat more. So the good news is that we can change this by eating more foods that are nutritious and don't have added flavorings. If you prioritize eating real food that's not been like added and processed, then you will eat less of it because you'll be more nutritionally satisfied. After reading this book, I'm definitely thinking more about what I'm eating, what I'm buying. I'm not perfect and nobody should strive to be. You should still let yourself eat for pleasure because at the end of the day, humans are all about that pleasure from food. Some more than others. Actually, there was a cool study that the book talked about where they take a bunch of like young, young children and they let them eat whatever they want, like out of a select assortment. The children would actually prioritize food that was that their body needed. So you should trust your gut, but don't trust your gut if you're eating a bunch of things filled with flavorings. Let me know if you guys do end up reading this book um, and tell me what your favorite thing that you learned from it was or if you already have read it. Well, thanks so much for watching, guys. Don't forget to subscribe because I make a new video twice a week and I will see you next time. Bye!